0: working class on Deercast Lee her is <laughs> Kurt, back
1: again. Kurt Geyer how do you do this? I how don't do know. you keep coming back? Um, I have really bad stories I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think we like you too much is yeah. the problem. Well here I am.
0: okay so you guys saw the cover art which Lee did not necessarily approve of the cover art of this <laughs> not in any way shape or form. I went ahead and made the executive decision to approve the cover art on his behalf. <laughs> I think it's really funny.
1: It is funny. It's funny, but I don't like it. But it is what it is.
0: I think most people who are going to watch or clicked on this because of cover art know what it's like to have a a pain in the butt dough, um, which you just happened to name yours, Karen, for um, very applicable social media reasons. Yep. Right. (laughs) So but we uh, we've all had that dough that. Either always bust you, she's smart, she's old, she's savvy, and also it's interesting to do a podcast on a doe. Yeah, especially when it was my
1: number two target, Okay, <laughs> it was a doe. So. so let's just get into it and explain, how does that even happen? <laughs> so the county I hunt in, mostly, um, limited doe tags. There's a of, lot of counties in Iowa that are like yeah, that. Yeah, there are. Um, the county I'm in is really ag-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a lot of timber, and the deer population is pretty low. mm mm-hmm. um, Except for where I hunt, the places I hunt next to. Um, <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. The places I hunt next to are uh, the bigger timber areas, so they draw a lot of deer in. Yeah. Um, and last year, so when I killed Junk Brow that year, um, there was a doe that every time I was there, she would pick me out in the tree, and I didn't have a doe tag, and I had a couple chances where she was close enough, but... You didn't have a doe tag. I didn't have a doe tag, and with my bow buck and junk bro, I'm not going to shoot a doe with my state yeah, peg, so. right Which you could, you could. And then, I could, but yeah. yeah, not gonna.
0: So this is the legacy of Karen begins here while this you're hunting junk brow. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Spicy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> because that feeling when you're hunting a buck and the game plan's coming out because uh, does will pop you, does like that will get you before a buck will. So she comes out first, you're like, ah, oh, I gotta beat her first before you get to the, yeah. the green and finale.
1: She. It wouldn't matter if she came out at There's like two trails that come out. One's at about 50 and one's at about 200. And if even if she came out on the 200 yard trail, and I'm in a a tree, I'm only like 12 foot off the ground in the tree that I was in, but cover everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. you're not seeing me. Most 99.9% of the deer do not pick me off. Yeah. Except for Karen. She would pick me off even if she stepped in 200 yards away, instantly would just lock on my tree and walk right to me. Really? Look at me the whole way and get to about 30 yards and stomp. Yeah. Sounds right. And no dough tag. So um you just letting her get smart. Just letting her get smart. And that's that's how the Karen story started. And Karen, she was really recognizable because she was a big double throat patch doe. Which makes her cooler. Um, which makes her cooler. She was not a big bodied doe. Um, but her throat patch was
0: How many nice times and did white. she bust you the season you were hunting junk bro? Uh
1: so she was and part of the reason I nicknamed her Karen is because she would she was just spooky. She wouldn't snort just at me like um if a squirrel jumped out of a tree or like a nut fell, she would snort and she would run away and a lot of the deer on the field wouldn't move. So mm. that's why I named her Karen was because she was on edge and like would clear the field.
0: She had a, pro- she wanted to speak to the manager about everything. Yeah.
1: She would leave the field, but the rest of the deer would just pick their heads up and look at her like, Oh, it's her. What, what are you doing? That's so <laughs> like, her again. again.
0: Again. So how many times did she bust out your field or try to bust out the field while hunting junk, bro?
1: Hmm. I didn't keep track, but I hunted there 12 total times because I was really skeptical about yeah. when I went in. And probably half of them, I would say, she it's came out good, and.
0: Pretty good odds. And, yeah. <laughs> so every, every other deer's used to. Okay. Yep. So everyone kind of. It doesn't happen all the time, but I think most people who've hunted long enough know that doe. Yes. Okay. Yep. Now that we got that groundwork laid out of like
1: why this thing, this is where the the, the legacy, the short legacy of Karen starts. <laughs> yeah. So coming into this season, obviously I had probably the best season I'll ever have in my life last year, Mm -hmm. Um, and this year was the exact opposite. Why is that? Well, that's the 200-inch curse. That's what it is, Kurt. It's a real
0: thing. I'll take that curse.
1: Yep, I would too, again. It it sucked, but I would do it again. (laughs) Yeah. Ross Um, had
0: the same thing happen. He killed his 202 and then just had, I
1: mean, he still killed a mature
0: deer, but he struggled to get it done. Yeah, You know, it's just one of them years. It happens.
1: Yeah, and I mean, throughout all my cameras and everything, you know, normally I hunt enough area that I I have eight to ten mature shooters, you know, Mm -hmm. not necessarily big, big, but old enough to shoot. Yeah. Um, And this year I had two. Mm. The Old Man 10. Yep. And Karen. Because the Old Man 10 was the only buck that I had across my 40-some, 50 cameras that I run. Mm -hmm. And he was the only one that was mature enough and of the caliber that I would want to shoot So like one
0: how big how big is the old man Ted this year mid 50s a mid 50s mature buck
1: and a mature double-throat patch doe are (laughs) neck and neck it's so weird just because of my vendetta against her right and coming into the season my I bought a doe tag. I made sure I got on at midnight when they open so I could get one yeah, and I got one and for the purpose of Shooting Karen, letting her have it, of of running an arrow through her. Okay, (laughs) that was my goal. You should have
0: wrote on your fletching, "The Manager." (laughs) The manager. That would (laughs) have been funny. (laughs) Okay, so you draw a doe tag. Karen's gonna get it.
1: Yep. So you think she's yeah? So I think she's getting it. Um. (laughs) She, I, her lucky me unlucky. I don't know what to call it, but I had encounters with her almost every time I went. Mm -hmm. She was out there, and. 13 encounters in a row she was within bow range and i could not get a shot at her <laughs> it just seems so unnecessary <laughs> it's ridiculous but people
0: are, dude people at home are like i thought lee was a good hunter now <laughs> yeah. they're mad judging Who is you. this guy yeah yeah why is
1: he on here oh <laughs> um, okay so 13 times 13 times in a row in bow range she was within bow range and you know my my bow range is 55 and in yeah yeah in, for br- me yeah um You know, so not chip shot range, but within shots that I would feel comfortable taking.
0: Yeah, especially on like a feeding deer or whatever.
1: Maybe not on her because she was a spooky, you know what, Mm -hmm. but... um, Spooky Karen. A spooky Karen. There you go. Uh, (laughs) And it was either she would come straight in looking right at me, no shot. Um, The closest I got, I actually drew back on her. She was coming. uh, It was like early November. Um, Her and another doe were coming to me on Mm -hmm. the field edge. And here comes this little year and a half old forky and comes in and cuts them off and runs them across Mm. so on the property i had a box blind and a tree stand one i can hunt with south winds one i can hunt with north winds the box blind was with north winds um, and i kind of used it for the scent control aspect yeah Um, and I, i won it last year and it's the first time i ever had it i practiced out of it this summer um and the 14th encounter karen came into range and i had shot at a target out of the box blind sitting in a chair mm-hmm. a bunch so i was i felt comfortable with yeah, it
0: for the prepared for the, yeah, the I show. Felt yeah
1: prepared for the situation she comes in to like 25 and i get the window open oh. and i dude hold on is it not recording no <laughs> did you not press the record button <laughs> Brave anglers search
0: for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented
1: by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Working class on DeerCast. Welcome back to Working (laughs) Class on
0: DeerCast. We just recorded 10 minutes of this podcast, and I didn't have the camera recording. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, Lee was telling me about Karen, the doe... (laughs) and it was really great you guys should have heard that first 10 minutes and we're gonna have to just somehow catch you guys up this is where i just got back from mexico last night for the record and my brain apparently is not fully working (laughs) clearly not
1: (laughs) hey it happens
0: 2023 is off to an amazing start here on working class on Deercast. lee hers back in the studio thanks for being here lee nice to see you (laughs)
1: How do you make your way in here all the time? Well, it's because we like you.
0: I'll act like I haven't heard the lead up to this full story. Lee, people are wondering, why a doe? Why is there
1: a podcast
0: about a doe?
1: We all have that doe that we've had in our hunting career. And if you haven't yet, you will. Mm -hmm. That is just a pain in the neck. Um. Mine just so happened to be dubbed Karen, and it starts from back when I was uh, hunting Junkbrow. She's in the same place I killed Junkbrow in my bow buck last year.
0: You, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to just play that intro, and we'll just do a, the logo on the screen, and then now people are, I'm just airing out what I'm going to do, and then we'll just bring it from the top. How's so that? So that
1: way we don't have to recreate Yeah, because I don't
0: want to like do it again when it's not real.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good idea.
0: First time in working class on DeerCast history, hey, I've done that. It happens. I looked at that little red icon. I'm like, Oh, that's not recording. I didn't hit that button. (laughs) (laughs) This is why it'd be great to have an intern. Oops. Hiring. Maybe you. Okay. So you've heard the first portion. (laughs) Let's go back from the top where I realized that we weren't recording. Get a little bit of, um, F word editing to cut out of that. Um, (laughs) she came into shooting range. You'd practice out of the blind. Yeah. So that seems like the best route to do this, right?
1: Yep. So practiced in the blind a lot, felt completely confident. Um, she was coming in. It was my 14th encounter. So I got the window open, and she has a daughter who I nicknamed Cassie. Karen, okay. Karen Cassie. Right. Um, also a double throat patch doe. Oh, really? Yes. Hung out with her. Um, every There was a group of four does that would come out together.
0: The double throat patch adds to the sweetness of what this deer yes. is, like as a personality trait. Yes.
1: And it's a identifiable trait, so I could know it was the same doe every time. Yeah. Um, anyways, she's coming... Cassie comes to 25 yards. I set my pin. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's just funny. Just doze by name, by human names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Cassie comes to 25 yards. So I set my pin. I'm like, Karen's going to follow right behind her. Um, and in typical Karen fashion, mm. um, she didn't. She got a little spooky when she was in between my, in the blinds, they have the, the horizontal and the vertical. And she was yeah. in the brace area mm-hmm. and got spooky and started quartering away. So I ranged where she was at, and she was like 32 walking away. So I dialed to 37. Mm-hmm. So I was like, by the time I get dialed, draw and shoot. She's quartering away, perfect. So I draw, settle my pin, and. I'm one of those people that you always hear people say, well, my, my arrow was in flight, and I, you know, she moved, and this, you know, I've always been like, oh, come on. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, just, sure. just say you made a bad shot. Yeah. Well, this happened, it happened to me. I mean, I pulled the trigger, and I was it like. It happened to you? Then, I, I squeezed off my thumb release, and she turns, <sighs> and perfectly right, you know, I'm, I'm aiming right where I need to be, and I think it was a combination of a couple things, her turning and being that it was my first time shooting at a deer out of the box blind, I think I dropped my bow arm. Oh. So I think it was a combination of both. Right. and
0: Kind of like weird anticip- mental anticipation. I to with watch the, the arrow.
1: Oh, I got Because i never, you know, I think it was just subconscious. I've, I've never shot at a deer out of it. I want to watch the arrow, make sure it gets there. And I, I got think you. that's what happened.
0: Yeah, um, I can see I can see how that could happen.
1: Because when I shot, I hit way, way low. I mean, and she was like right at 37. So mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and she had quartered away harder and I hit her right smack in the I would call it the elbow of the back leg Like the hawk? Yeah, like right in the hawk area like right where her tarsal glands would be. Oh, like right there in the leg and She I mean the arrow just smacks and barely gets the broadhead penetration and mm. I'm like F not good. Not good. This ain't good. So I'm scrambling grab another arrow. She goes and stands at like 70 And I'm like, well, I already hit her. I'm going to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an ethical thing at this
0: point, but then, yeah, it's debatable. But I've done the same thing.
1: Yes. And she, you know... Same
0: thing with Austin's buck, the brutal weather buck. He'd already hit it and stands out there. So he's like, I'm shooting it again.
1: And I didn't... At this point, I wasn't sure, um, you know, if I had hit that artery that runs down the leg or something right so I'm, I'm gonna shoot at her again just to me it's the right thing to do i already hit her i'm gonna try to put another one in her mm-hmm. and i shot and just under her belly which mm-hmm. i'd never shot at a deer that far especially you know, out of a blind like out that. of the blind and anyways she goes trots off into the neighbors um i get permission from the neighbor to go follow the blood trail follow the blood trail how was well the blood honestly not bad um, for lack of penetration like not bad as in it was pretty good yes yeah like there was a decent amount of blood really mm-hmm. but it was a flesh wound i mean yeah my broadhead went in a half an inch
0: so you had like 100 yards of blood and then it's kind of trickles up
1: actually the blood went it was i mean it wasn't like you were throwing up like an artery it wasn't like an artery hit yeah um but it was it was actually decent blood i mean i could follow it there mm-hmm. was times where i had to get where, where there was a lot of deer tracks cuz it was when there was snow on the ground yeah yeah there was times where I had to get on my hands and knees to find it. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, but I ended up tracking the blood for like 450 yards. Mm. And it was just in like loops in this, the neighbor's little timber patch. Like, yeah, she didn't know where she wanted to go. Um, ended up losing the blood. You know,
0: what date was this? Do you remember?
1: Uh, same day you killed your buck, November 12th.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was.
1: Yeah. Because you called me earlier. And, and while you were it. in
0: the blind. Yeah. Okay yep that's coming back to me
1: um so ended up you know not finding her ran out of blood and i in my mind i'm like it wasn't a fatal shot you know yeah um hunted there the rest of november because i was hunting the old man um told the landowner about it you know if you see a gimpy deer that's karen he knew all about her yeah yeah, it's me um the neighbor knew about it nobody saw her nothing um no pictures, no so sighting. So you think she
0: went off and died somewhere?
1: I thought probably coyotes caught up to her, I oh,
0: guess. yeah, that'd make the most sense. You know, yeah. being
1: that she was slower moving, and there's it's a pretty coyote-dense area, so I figured for sure coyotes caught up to her. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it sounds crazy, like you say, but it was, it was so disheartening that it was like all this buildup, and granted, it was just for a doe, I realized but, you that. Know, yeah, but it's still an animal. Right, and it was one of my targets, even though it was a doe. Yeah. And it was just like, I had all those encounters and all those... Close calls for me to drop the ball at what to me is I mean, not a chip shot, but a pretty easily, good easily makeable shot, you know. Yeah. And I drop the ball. Yeah. Um It's still a deer. Anytime that happens, no matter what you're shooting yep. at,
0: you feel terrible.
1: Yep. And it was like it was like, you know, disheartening. Like yeah, man, because you <laughs> had talked, to are like,
0: I was like, because I shot a double throat patch dough last season mm-hmm. and I'm, I always told myself the first one I shoot, I'm going to shoulder mount it because it's just neat. And I wanted that like a dough for my like, yep, just the variety. Yep. And I was like, if
1: you shoot Karen, you got a mounter. Oh, I planned on it because a, hey, it's a dough that this whole buildup is and yeah, nice double throat patch and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, So all the gun seasons come and go. Um, I, I've got a late muzzleloader tag. And January 8th was going to be my last chance to go because I was going to ATA with you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, So I text that landowner because I know there's a few does that come out there. And I'm like, I'm just going to shoot a doe. You know, the old man has disappeared. Um, I had one other buck show up late season, but he had to go like three quarters of a mile to get to where I could hunt him. Yeah. I was hunting his destination feed field, but Mm -hmm. just had to go too far to get there before daylight. Yeah. Um, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> hopefully he'll, that'll be continued next year. We'll and, catch up with that one. Yeah. Hopefully I find a shed here and in, in put next a book marker
0: weeks. in that one for next season.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, so, you know, last day I'm like, I just want to go shoot a doe. Like, you know, do you care if I go sit there? And he's like, no, that's fine. You know, we're not going to go tonight. So I have to wait for my wife to get home from work and I sneak into the field, get in the blind and sitting there and, for some reason this year the the deer numbers in my area seemed like they were a lot lower mm-hmm. and especially coming my way there was a crop field to the south that got um harvested later and a lot of corn had dropped um so all the deer were headed south and not a lot were coming through yeah. my property like they were in the previous two years mm-hmm. and uh I'm sitting there and outsteps this group of four does that are you know Karen was always with a group of four okay and mind you, I had not seen Karen in two months. Yeah.
0: Roughly. Which is bizarre because how consistent is like her field.
1: Yeah. Yep. And I'm sitting there and it's getting closer to dark and I'm like, all right, you know, because there was a chance the old man was going to come out, but not likely because I hadn't had pictures of him in like 10 days. Yeah. Um, so getting closer to last light and I'm like, all right, I'm going to shoot one of these does. So I, I finally put my, my, my binoculars up and look at them. And the one is Cassie and she'd stayed around um, but it always been that it was her and the other two. Karen was never with them. Mm. The times that I had seen them right after I shot hit Karen and I'm sitting there looking at Cassie and I'm like, well, I'm going to shoot her. She's, n- she's next in line for, for the pain in my <laughs> the butt next does. offspring. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah. She's got to hold up to the name. <laughs> yep. Um, so I get the gun on her and I'm looking through the scope and all of a sudden The one starts walking and i paid attention to cassie the whole time because i could tell it was her because she was standing back on the neighbors and i could see her double throw patch and i'm like okay i'm gonna shoot her yeah well then i noticed this doe and it's limping on its back left leg and i'm like no freaking way hadn't seen karen in two months (laughs) yeah and the day i come in just to shoot a doe here comes karen limping out into the field and I haven't seen her in two where did months. she go? You had no trail cam pictures or nothing? No. And I pulled a lot I pulled a lot of my cameras off of there. I kept like one or two. Yeah. Um, because I loaded located that other late muzzleloader buck. So I moved them all that way. hmm Um, and I just kept one there and it was on the other side of the field that she didn't frequent.
0: Wow. I wonder what I wonder what she did. I wonder if she just hit a different field because of I don't that. Know. Or just laid low and then come out at night and not yeah, maybe just only come out a little bit and then back to bed. I don't know. Interesting. But-
1: she, you know, I saw the limp and it didn't really cross my mind until she picked her head up and looked at me and I could see the big double throat patch. And I, I was just like, <laughs> where have you been? What are the, what are the odds? Also, know? sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the great equalizer is in oh. my hands now. Man. Yeah.
0: And the great equalizer. <laughs> yeah, man. That I don't want We're kind of giggling because we know the outcome of the yeah. story. We're not laughing because of wounding the deer that that's now it's kind of we can a little but right you know for all
1: purposes like you you were pretty tore up over this i was i was so hard on myself because i've not wounded a lot of deer Mm -hmm. there's only one one other deer i've ever hit with the bow and well my bow buck last year I, i hit high double lung neighbors found him um you know so i knew pretty quickly that he He expired. Um, Yeah, there's only one other deer in my history that I've hit and not found.
0: Mm -hmm. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, and it it's just like it hurts. You know,
0: you don't want. Yeah, you don't want to put an animal through that. Right, it it sucks to do it because you practice to avoid it. So, but I guess in a way, like seeing her, you're probably like, okay, like it maybe the injury wasn't as bad, and she just like just learn from it was skittish of the field you know yeah.
1: i would be if i walked into a grocery store and got shot i'd never visit that grocery store again yeah, probably not going back that. to that neighborhood yeah yeah, yeah so, exactly so valid yes yeah. um and i guess it's she just got comfortable and you know realized that she was all right and because the landowner didn't shoot any deer out there at all so yeah. she had like two months to acclimate um and i ended up shooting her and <laughs> i called you Ten seconds after I pulled the trigger, yeah, and I was like, "Dude, you're not gonna believe this." <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I was like, "I just killed Karen," and you were like, "No, no way." <laughs> it's like, "Yep, we got even." The Great
0: Equalizer, yeah. dude. That's the, the reach out and touch him gun. <laughs> the reach out. T- see, at, what do they do? What do these deer do when they disappear? It's like. That's that's the unknown. That's like what's so attractive about hunting, like the animals. You try to like get in their head, like what what are they doing? Like when they when they disappear, where do they go? Yeah, are they three properties over? Are they still there? They just change things up, and how come you're not getting pictures and all that? Like doe or buck, like they you just pay attention more to buck movements yeah. than you do doe movements. I think. I think a lot of people take doe patterns for granted because it's just, like, overlooked. Mm -hmm. You're not hunting one specific one usually. But I wonder if you could learn a lot more if you tried to target a a specific doe. Yeah. You know, it might teach you a lot about just general deer behavior rather than big buck behavior, which can be different.
1: I was talking about this with my cousin Kevin the other day, you know, because both of us, you know, the old man 10, I had him on a really good pattern all year. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was just like changed. yeah yeah and then he had one the same he called Hyrak. you know had a crazy good pattern on him and then all of a sudden just and it was Hmm. time of year when something like that shouldn't happen yeah and you know like it wasn't like
0: the rut made him disappear or something like that yeah
1: and it was like you know it it doesn't matter how much we think we know or how much we think we've got a pattern on a deer or how much we're so dialed in and calculated on this certain deer yeah they're a wild animal they're in charge (laughs) like they do whatever they want. They can do whatever that they want, whenever they want. That's the cool thing about them, man. Like, you know
0: what I mean? It's like, yeah, there's the high fence argument, of course. Like Gats, yeah, we all know that argument. But mm-hmm. like, most times they're wild. They go wherever they want.
1: If a deer doesn't want to come to the field and eat, doesn't want to come to the food plot and eat, doesn't want to get up out of his bed,
0: dude. He might and not. two, like this, these podcasts are yet to come. This one's going to launch before these launch. Like, I just got back from my coos deer hunt. There, there are many desert whitetails Is what they are. Mm-hmm. But I consider them to be a different... I don't consider them a whitetail. They, yeah. they are, They but are, but they're yeah. not. Yeah. But, you know, you glass a whole mountainside, and there's no deer. And then you go back the next day, and then they're all there. Mm-hmm. It's like, but they're just one side, they're on the other side of the hill, or they're just not... I don't know, the movements of them and how they navigate and everything is, like, so amazing. And I think that's, like the big allure to hunting in general. It's like the curiosity of like what the animals are doing. Cause you know, like think back before you had trail cameras or like, I just think when I was a kid, you know, like you see a big buck, you get a glimpse of him from a field and then you go hunt, you see nothing. You're like, where's that deer? Like, what's he doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right now? What's that big buck doing? Yep. Is he bedded in the bottom of a ravine? Is he on top? Where is he? I just think that's so fun to think about.
1: Yeah. And this year it was really uh a, It almost reset me. Like I was spoiled last year. I mean, obviously I worked for it. it. I I worked hard for it. But coming into this year I was like, I'm on top of the world, you know? I just had the best year of my season or best (laughs) season of my life. Yeah. Time to follow it up. And it was just like and honestly I'm I'm as much as it sucked during the season having the two hundred inch curse, if you want to call it that. I would call it that. I think it's a great name for it. Um I'm glad I had it Mm -hmm. because it it really made me rethink how I hunt like serve
0: you up some humble pie a little yeah. bit not yeah, that you really you weren't cocky before but it's good for you sometimes you yep. know i don't wish a bad season on anyone but like struggles add in as an accumulation to make you a better hunter like a better well-rounded hunter
1: yep and it, it's already having the season that i did this year is driving me for next year mm-hmm so I don't have it again. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> no. you're,
0: you're kind of like, all right, that season, it's almost like, let's get this one over with, Give yep. me to next year.
1: Yep. Yeah. And now now I have more drive going into next year to make a better plan, to expand my horizons on where I'm hunting, how I'm hunting. Yeah, yeah. To try to, f- you know, if I have another year where I've got, and I did it this year a little bit, I, I went on some public mm-hmm. to try to find a it, it uh, deer, mix it up, you know, and... Like I said, I'm just. I I think it'll it'll benefit me in the future having the season that I did to make me think differently. Yeah, I've gotten in a rut in the last five years. You know, I've had a pretty successful last five years. Yeah, you've had a run, hunted a lot of you know a lot of really good deer, and and this kind of made me rethink it. Like maybe I don't need to have all my eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. You know, I spend a lot of time and focus on one or two spots. Maybe I need to broaden a little bit broaden my horizons a little bit to look outside of my comfort zone, yeah
0: no i i it's never a bad idea, And that's hard to i mean that's really no argument to me, it's like yeah, no. that never hurts, yeah, but I can see like killing the deer you've killed and success, it's like you almost can get honed in to like all the eggs kind of just end up getting moved over where where you've been having success mm-hmm. or how you've been having success, so it's like you know, but you know also too, I think. I don't know who I just talked about this with. It might have just been you or one of the guys. It's like, it's easy to look less successful when it comes to like harvest rate as an individual hunter yep. because you know you just kill a two hundred and six inch, five inch, two hundred four, two hundred four. When you kill big stuff, you want to keep killing big, big stuff, stuff. But there's not always big stuff to keep shooting. So w- when you get to a certain level of a hunter, you almost can cap out and then you're just looking for that same level of thing and then yes you're still a successful hunter but your consistency of success because what you're hunting is not as consistent right it looks like you fall off as a successful hunter that might sound so confusing to me it makes sense it makes sense to me too when you hunt bigger stuff and you commit to hunting bigger stuff
1: it's just your odds of success is lower and it's what you talk about as maturing as a hunter You know, we all start with, I started, you started with 130, 140.
0: Perfect example, my buddy Devin Leonard. The dude only hunts deer. So, yeah, he likes, like, I was with him in Mexico. Yep. I've been on a lot of hunts with Devin, and he's like, I want you to shoot something. I'm good. The dude is like the king of the front out in Utah. Yep. The guy has killed the biggest deer you can kill out there. Like, we're talking, he's got four deer over
1: 200.
0: 3
1: over 210. And 2 over 220. Is that what it is? 2 over two thirty. Two over
0: 230. So. Large. Huge. So in order for him to hunt a deer for himself, he has to find the one that he's looking for in a certain class because he's matured. Right. And in his head, that's his own personal goal. Mm -hmm. But what's cool about Devin, he won't just be like, nah, I'm not going. He'll help his buddies kill the deer they want to kill. Yeah. And that's what he does. Like on this coos hunt... But I had to deal with Devin because we made that hunter's box deal. It was like, okay, he is looking for a 120 coos or better, which is huge. It's monstrous. That's, yeah, that's like a 200 plus. inch whitetail. Yep. I'm looking for like a good one, 100 yeah. to 110, you know. And I told him I was like, if the one comes out, I don't even, I wouldn't even want to shoot it because I want you to shoot it because he's been hunting for years for something like that. If it's
1: of that 120 caliber. Yep.
0: Yep. So we did. Of course, all that is a Kurt shooter, and then there's the next level, which would be a Devin shooter. That's how mm-hmm. we replied to it. So, when we found the buck I ended up shooting, I was like, Is it a Devin shooter or a Kurt shooter? And we thought it was like borderline Devin shooter. I was like, You can shoot this deer if you want. Like, I don't need to shoot this deer. You shooting it, it's like me shooting it, right? And he goes, Nope, you're shooting it because you shooting it, it's like me shooting it, <laughs> yeah. So, that's what Devin's matured so much in his hunting, that's where he's at.
1: And I, I feel like a lot of our groups that way, where it's yeah. I think so. Our buddy's success means just as much to us as like your eight pointer. I was just as thrilled, if not more thrilled. Well, you had work. You had work put in on that right, but of you to kill that deer versus if I killed it myself.
0: Yeah, but well, you you had work put in on that deer too. You know, you came out with me in the summer and helped me prep for that. Heck yeah! But
1: that's what's cool about like all of it. But like too
0: is like, you know, if you're with your buddies on a trip and somebody shoots something, you were all you all did it. Yep. You know, so I don't know I, the levels of deer hunting. You know, like this Karen stuff, everybody goes through a Karen doe, like builds you as a hunter, and then, I don't yeah. know, we went off on a side tangent, but it all makes sense to me.
1: Yep. Me too.
0: That's all that matters, right? Well, cool. Well, <laughs> good story. I'm glad you got Karen. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to a story like this. I am mounting her.
1: Also. You are? Should, uh, I am. So I'll we'll
0: have to get some pictures of that up once you get her back. I'm going to put her right next to Junk Brow. <laughs> oh, that'd actually be really cool. Yep. Um, if you guys have ever battled a doe, what'd you name her? And did you end up shooting her? Did you try to shoot her? Did you not have a tag? Let us know in the comments on Deercast. Uh, It'll be kind of neat to see how many people have had, had or not dough. had an her a Target Doe. Yeah. Um, to people who skim past this and didn't listen, they're going to be like, Target Doe, what the heck? So, but, but I think they people, missed out. They missed out. <laughs> the legacy of Karen has ended.
1: Close the book. Finally. Thanks, buddy. You got anything you want to tell the people before we scoot? I don't. Uh, Just hope you had a good season. Good luck this shed season. Um, Yeah, shed season. That's coming real quick. I don't have a lot dropping yet. Um, It's already end of January. I'm actually going to go this year. I went one day last year. You better. Because trade shows. Yep. But I'm not doing as many this year.
0: So. Heck yeah. Valentine's Day weekend. It's time.
1: Yep. But.
0: Leave your wife at home. Go shed hunting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Take her with. Good exercise. Take her with. And the kids. Yep. But no, I just. Good luck shed hunting everybody and. I'm excited to see pictures of what gets found and and all that jazz. giant
0: doe pictures. Yep. Lee likes your giant doe pictures. It's I want to see
1: your double throat patch does. I want to hear their names. Ooh, I wonder how many have double throat patch Karens. I don't know. There's, I'm sure there's a bunch out there. We'll take it. All right, guys.
0: Thanks for tuning in, watching watching part of this podcast anyway, <laughs> and listening. Sorry about that. Uh, I, my brain will get back in the lanes here. Uh, a couple months probably. <laughs> all right, go shoot a giant. We love you, giant Karen doe. That is peace.